profit is not cash. I'm conscious saying I'm going to launch a Facebook ad today. Everyone can only handle racing. I feel like we need to stop putting ourselves in restrictions. What do you actually want out of your business? You're listening to Forest FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Galilla Springer. For your industry, by your industry. I've never been a business owner myself, so I can only imagine how hard it must be to let go of a growing, blossoming, thriving venture that was once just an idea. An idea that became something you've poured so much of yourself into, and that's made a difference in so many other people's lives and careers in the process. The courage it takes. The camaraderie it makes. What I do know is that if, like me, you've watched enough of the HBO show Succession, then you have a great example of what not to do when it comes to planning to exit from a business and pass it down to family. That is, of course, assuming you care about maintaining healthy and mutually respectful relationships, which I'm sure you do. And hey, if you don't, then I guess that show is one of the best playbooks out there. But I'm going to stick with my intuition and assume you value harmony. In all of the episodes I've recorded for this podcast over the years, a few things related to beginnings and hopes for the future always shine through the conversations. The owner either comes from generations of hairstylists, and I genuinely hear this more in the hair industry specifically, it was a self-forbidden dream to have a beauty business, or it wasn't the first calling, but the owner absolutely fell in love and found a true passion for the industry. I'd say those are the top three I've heard as far as origin stories go. And then in terms of goals and hopes for the future, I often hear, I want to have an impact on my community. I want to build something for my children to have later on. And I want to empower my team to grow and support their future business success. And when you think about those things, it makes total sense as to why the idea of letting go would bring up resistance and fear. Fear of losing identity, status, fear of financial instability. Fear of losing control over a life you've built and shaped for so long because the molds that were offered to you just didn't feel right. Transferring ownership can be highly emotional and complicated, but transferring ownership is only half the battle because once that's done, you have to plan the transition of management too. If you ignore either or both until it becomes a pressing issue, you're exposing yourself to forced or panic decisions, disharmony within the team, and potentially even a financially insecure exit or retirement. Passing the salon or spa down to someone in the family isn't the only way to plan for a retirement. You could also choose to sell to an unrelated person, in or outside the business, pass it on to someone in management, or wind down and close the business altogether. But today's episode will be speaking to keeping things in the family, building a legacy, and ensuring the salon business sees it through the next generation of ownership. About five years ago, I was in um, an owner's meeting that was just a few of us together. And uh, one of the people that was interviewing us asked me directly, what is your exit plan? I looked at all of them and I said, death. I see people that can turn around and sell their business to a stranger. And I can't, I'm not going to do that. Um, So I have somehow put together slowly how I am going to step back when I can't say. And that's when I was like, okay, I got to step up and really start focusing in on the business if I want to take that other route and grow the team versus being behind the chair and having 
to depend on being behind the chair 100%. I can speak from experience. The biggest challenge you have is nepotism, right? It's like, oh, she's only here because she's Maggie's daughter, right? And I kind of, I mean, I still to this day go to shows no matter how many levels I'm climbing in forest, I'm still Maggie's son. I see Joe as somebody that can look at P&Ls, they can look at benchmarks, they can do planning, you know, um, cash flow, all that stuff that's so important that I had no idea that I had to do that the first, I'd say, 10 years. Almost like before everybody recognizes it, it'll be like, oh, Jacqueline's basically fully in charge. Jacqueline was really obviously the, the right choice, but it's not a matter of if, it was a matter of when. The story behind Maggie the Salon is a story of beauty, dedication, and resilience, one from the state of Florida. And while we wouldn't have enough of a single episode to cover all of its character-building moments, you can rest assured there are plenty. Owner and leader Maggie DeFalco has invested over 25 years of her career to employing and mentoring young, inspiring artists, giving back through charitable work, and delivering outstanding guest experiences. And despite becoming an entrepreneur not being her first calling, it has been the road that has led her to passion and now to some of her closest friends and mentors. But as you'll hear further into this episode, Maggie's starting to think of other dreams, things that retirement will enable her to do. And since both her daughter, Jacqueline Gonzalez, and son, Jody Falco, will be key to Maggie the Salon's future, we invited all three family members to the show to discuss how the planning's going. So Maggie, Jacqueline, Joe, thank you so much for joining me today, and welcome to Forest FM. First things first, how are you doing? Great, thank you. Yeah, excited to do this. Yeah, it's great to, great to see you, speak with you, Zoe. I know we've always chatted about it, but it's, uh, it's a great to be on and uh, you know talk about the interesting topic that we're going to cover. Yeah, and in six years of the podcast, not having ever discussed this topic, it feels kind of surprising to me, but, you know, here we are. It's never too late. Um, to get straight to it, Maggie, I guess this one's specifically for you. When's the first time you gave exit or retirement plans some thought, and how did you feel about having to do that? <clears throat> well, about five years ago, I was in um, an owner's meeting that was just a few of us together, and... Uh, one of the people that was interviewing us asked me directly, what is your exit plan? And I looked at all of them and I said, death. <laughs> and I thought they were going to fall off their chair. So at that moment, after the fact, I started really thinking seriously about what am I going to do and how am I going to do this where I feel comfortable walking away from a business that I started from zero. Mm -hmm. Not only little money, but also the, the fact that, you know, I had no experience. I went to college to teach children how to read. Oh, wow. So, I, yeah, I have a degree in education. I do not have any kind of knowledge about business. So with that being said, I soak myself into, you know, every book I could read, every um, seminar that I could attend. And with that being said, you know, it's really, really a hard decision and a, and a hard situation when you have kids involved in the business. I see people that can turn around and sell their business to a stranger. And 
I can't, I'm not going to do that. Um, so I have somehow put together slowly how I am going to step back when I can't say. I, I think I need to stay connected no matter how old I am. Mm -hmm. But it depends on the degree on what are my rules. And I'm going to tell you that whatever I've done in the past year or so has really been great because I now feel, almost feel like I don't have a job. So I think that's a good... It's a good first step. Know. Yes. I mean, I do, I do things behind the scene, but honestly, she's running, she's running the, the, the business. Right. I delegate to her now. Yeah. <laughs> nice. What she wants me to do. So it's, it's, it's a great way. And then Joe is like my, my sounding board, right? Mm -hmm. I call, I tell him, I ask for his opinion, Sometimes I take it, sometimes I don't. But he me out of the box a lot of times. A yeah. lot of times he'll make me step out. All right, let me let me tell you this. What if this happened? And then that makes me kind of look look at it from perhaps a younger brain and a younger generation. Mm. Because remember, I'm you know I'm baby boomer. So all this technology stuff and all the things that are going on with social media and etc this i never did this before so for me it's an adjustment which i yeah. have really embraced as much as i can yeah. i mean i i have been asked not to uh touch instagram in fact i don't have the password uh i do very little at our front desk force changed my life when i first got the um the demo, I told him, you guys are nuts. There's no way that we can do this without any paper. What do you mean? We're not going to have tickets? Oh, no. And then they said, Mom, get off the call. We've got this, you know? <laughs> yeah, because it was Joe who put you onto Forrest, no? Well, it was a combination of Joe and my salon sisters, uh, Gail yeah. Fulbright, Bonnie Conte, and Rowena Yeager. Uh, we were all looking. We were all looking to make a change. We knew that it was time. Um, I'm not going to mention who we were with, but I was with them for 22 years. So it was a hard, it wasn't really a hard trans, uh, decision because I knew it had to be done. Yeah. But it was hard breaking up. That's fair. If you know what I mean. You, you, you built a, a connection and then all of a sudden you're, you're thinking differently. Yeah. And I knew we were behind. I knew that if we did not do a change and go to forest or a, a cloud base and all the good things that you all brought to the table, we were behind. We were falling behind. And so the rest is, is, is his. I mean, it's it's nothing but great things that we've experienced. Um, honestly, some of our recruiting is strong because we we show them what we do. Yeah, we show them our apps. We show them our our appointment book. Uh, they know about our Google reviews. It's you know that's so. I I can't say anything that I don't embrace about what the transition was. Now, as far as stepping back, 
I think it's going to be a slow process. I think she would like it quicker, but I, I don't want her to fail. I want to make sure that she's set up for success. Mm. Well, let's see what Jacqueline thinks. Jacqueline, how do you feel about that? I have learned to embrace what she has set up for me. Because if I fight it, it's going to turn out negative for me. So I go, I listen to what she says. Mm -hmm. Do I follow every single detail that she tells me? No, (laughs) because who listens to their mom 100% of their time? (laughs) Their boss 100% of the time. You know, so I've also taken what I learned from her and have built you know, my way, my journey. And yes, I am going to have to mess up a little bit and fall. And I love how she says she wants to set me up for success. She has set me up for success. Mm -hmm. I mean, the amount of education that she's provided for me behind the chair and, you know, the business side alone has been amazing. I'm very, very, very fortunate that she's given me the education that she's given me. Yeah. And I have the tools that I can go out and I can build successful hairdressers as well now. And it's not building myself, it's building my team. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of a little bit different for both of us because I've had to kind of step away from behind the chair as well. Yeah, yeah. So... It makes a big difference for me. Like, wow, I have to play a different role in the salon. I have to look a certain way. I have to talk a certain way. And that's because she expects certain things from me. Yeah. And she set me up that way. And I am, that's why I say I embrace everything that she does for me. So obviously, you know, you're in the salon on, I guess, the day-to-day. Joe, you worked in the salon when you were younger, before, <laughs> well, before, you know, joining Forrest and, and all that. But, like, how, like, is is that something, like, as as you were both growing up, was that, like, a, a family business that you hoped to be involved in still as adults? Like, was was the vision for it to be, like, a, a family business that gets passed on from generation to generation? and Or was that even a hope for you guys, you know, for it to be that way? Well, Zoe, the the first thing that I'll I'll say is I never thought I would be described as a voice of reason in anything. <laughs> I, had. I didn't know that I was that was even in my DNA to begin with. So you did answer the question. Really, it was more. So it's been a while, obviously, since I worked at the salon, and I it was never really thought of. To be honest, it was just like you know, both of my parents are entrepreneurs. Right. And it was more of we did everything to support both sides of it. But then when it came to the salon industry, you know, salon business, it was like, yeah, everybody rolled up their sleeves to do whatever. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like we felt felt like it was ever discussed as like, you know, a lottery ticket or this is what I'm going to be when I grow up. It was just that's my family business and whatever comes of it, you know, it'll evolve into it. And for me, it was a stepping stone, right? Right. Because when I worked, I worked the front desk. 
I, I had zero talent, so I couldn't be a <laughs> stylist or go to hair school or anything like that. But I will say that if anybody ever wants to become knows what they're really made of, you work a front desk at a busy salon because you're getting it from all angles. You get it from the stylist, from the assistant, from the disgruntled employees, from every, from the vendors or people trying to get in touch with the owner, or how they can upsell and you know, so you have to have so many different skill sets to work that front desk. I mean, those are always the true champions. And ironically, that's, you know, where Forrest was formed when Ronin worked the front desk at a salon and tried to implement innovative technology and, and Forrest was born. Yeah. Yeah. So like, uh, obviously Maggie, the salon as a business is a very successful business. Do you feel Joe, Jacqueline, maybe even more so yourself, like, do you feel like there's an added pressure to keep that, you know, success kind of going? Do you feel, do you, do you find that hard? Like a tough act to follow? For sure. <laughs> For sure. And I'll tell you why, because like she says, she has four salon sisters and they all are at different levels. Mm-hmm. And I I fall into a level right underneath them as well. So I have them to hold me accountable to what their standards are and what their level is as well. So right. I say, yes, she has left me big shoes to fill and it's it will take me a while to be as good as she is. And one day, hopefully I'll be better. I mean, yeah. it is, you know, maybe. You know, we've built two salons at this point. Maybe we'll have more. Don't know. Yeah. Maggie, you said like earlier, you said like I I would not, you know, pass that on or sell to a stranger. Does it, did it feel like, I guess, reassuring to you when you felt like Jacqueline was ready to, to take on and like more responsibilities in terms of like ownership and management? Jacqueline started at 19. So nowhere (laughs) around the beginning of time would I even consider what's going on now. It took years, you know, it took years for her to develop her talent, learn how to teach, and now learn the business side. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, we're going on year 28 and, you know, she's 39. So she was 11 when we started, but she always had this this love for the industry. Like she was 11 and she was washing hair on a stool. And wow. when she got to high school, she would bring her girlfriends and highlight their hair after hours. <laughs> after hours, she had the key to the salon and I would go, oh my goodness, what What if you, what, what if she'd say somebody will fix it. And so she was very driven. But it's right? funny because you go back to the question that you asked Joe about the family business and it, I have a completely different idea about that and how I saw the salon business versus him. Really? Yeah, because, okay, so I was 11 years old when my mom opened the salon. There's eight years between Joe and I. Right. So a lot happens in eight years. And he was already going into college when we opened the salon. So I was still in what, sixth grade? maybe fifth grade, sixth grade. I was Mm -hmm. little and I knew I wanted to do hair. 
I had always said I was going to do hair. And in my senior year of high school, I registered for Sheridan Vocational, which was our hair school that was around the corner because we didn't have Aveda or Paul Mitchell. Mm -hmm. We didn't have any of those schools around. And I said, I'm going, I'm not going to college. I'm not doing any of that. I'm going and I'm working in my mom's salon. That's a gold mine. Why wouldn't I want to work there and eventually one day own it and pass that down to my daughter and hopefully she'll be able to keep into it and want to. And hopefully one day she'll be as good as I am and work like I work and do hair the way that I do. Yeah, that's the hope, I guess, right? And in that sense, maybe you guys were lucky to have one another, like as in that it wasn't something that either of you grew up feeling like it was you were the sole responsible person to eventually take over, right? Which I'm sure can put a lot of pressure on someone growing up. And at the same time, I can see how knowing that one of your kids will one day become the owner of your business um, would feel probably something like reassuring to you, Maggie, that in some way that you'll still be connected to the business, you know? So I'd love to hear all three of your perspectives on what the ideal transition of ownership and management would look like. Like what would need to happen? What would good look like to each of you? Okay, that's a great question because I've really had to think this out and nothing is set in stone, but my my perfect vision would be for Jacqueline to take over as far as everyday management and hiring, firing, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. I see Joe as somebody that can look at P&Ls with her. They can look at benchmarks with her. They can do planning, you know, um, cash flow, all that stuff that's so important that mm -hmm. I had no idea that I had to do that the first, I'd say 10 years. I just, I wanted this look, like I didn't want to know. I didn't want to know if I was making money or not. I, it's just what I was scared, right? Yeah. So I want the more they learn and the more they see and the more awareness that they can bring to the table, the stronger the business is going to be. And I believe that, I know I respect the fact Joe has a career and I'm thankful for that, but there's always, I'm talking half an hour once a month to sit down yeah. with our accountant and look at everything they have to say and know that, hey, last month we spent too much money on products or last month we, um, I don't know. So too many, much color. Too much colors being used. And, and we're constantly looking at this. She yeah. does most of it. Joe, of course, I don't expect Joe to go into a Vish uh, conversation and tell us that somebody used 400 grams of color <laughs> in one sitting. Yeah. But she does, you know. And I'm going to tell you, I think that COVID really gave us a clean start. Mm. When we were shut down and we had to reevaluate where we were and we had to see how do we put this Humpty Dumpty together again? We lost six master stylists. Whoa, that's six. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That was half our revenue. I mean, $600,000, $700,000 gone. How do you hire new talent? and bring in those numbers again. That's not happening overnight. 
And so we had to learn every single line on our PL. We had to be aware of how we do this the right way. And how do we grow? How do we grow? Yeah. And this is where. And that's when I was like, okay, I got to step up and really start focusing in on the business if I want to take that other route and grow the team versus being behind the chair and having to depend on being behind the chair 100%. Yeah. Which and I haven't given that up, but I'm, I, fo- I have a lot more of my focus on growing our team. Yeah, makes sense. I never thought I would hear her say, I don't want any new clients unless it's a referral. <laughs> I do not need to get a new client because they walked in. So she doesn't. If she has any time out out of her schedule, she's pretty booked up. She goes in the back and looks at numbers and sets goals and, you know, does that kind of thing. She is now leading our our, uh, meetings, which I sit and listen. I'll help and I, you know, chime in. You don't want to fully give it up. No. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I chime in here and there and I'll give examples or I'll hit you know, discuss something, but she's running the the business now as far as, you know, um, what huddles, everything that we're doing, she's running it. We set an agenda together and we go by that agenda and that's how it goes. We never did this before. Mm -hmm. Like we're going 15 years ago. We grew by default. We grew because I just tried things. I wasn't scared. Yeah. I wasn't scared to, you know, to change our color line. And they always remind me of this. The day we were going to flip over to Forest, I said to one of my stylists, I'm really nervous that we're doing this. And she looked at me and she goes, well, you weren't nervous when you changed color lines December 15th that year. <laughs> it was true. <laughs> you know, I... We did that. So, uh, again, you know, um, I think that honestly, experience means a lot. Yeah. That's why I feel that my presence is important for a while until I'm capable of helping and giving my input. I would like to set it up so that I always have a vote. So right. that I always can be part of the decision making. It's not a, you know, oh, well, because that's my future, too, is I, you know, financially, I need this business to succeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Otherwise, I'll be, you know, otherwise I'll be a greeter at Walmart. So I, I need to know that this is going to work and I have that secure, you know, the security. Yeah. So. Jacqueline, Joe, like, how do you, how do you foresee like working together? I know like Maggie was saying, Joe, like you wouldn't have to be involved all that much, but you know, a few, few hours, even a month. Um, do you see that being the case? Do you see that being more, less, like, how do you envision working together as siblings also? Do you feel like you'll work well together? Yeah. So I'll I'll go ahead and go first on it. So yeah, I mean, her and I, um, we have the Typical brother-sister relationship, right? Some days it's good, and some days we disagree. Um, But I think it's, at this point, it's just, you know, to respectfully disagree with each other. But I think more often than not, 
it's, you know, we end up getting to that point where I think there's that mutual respect that she knows that I'm good at what I do. And I know that she's good at what she does. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, you know, coming back to what we were originally talking about, about like the family business heirloom or whatnot. Yeah. For me, I guess I never thought of it on that, on that level. And, and at the same time, you know, that Maggie does have to exit eventually either planned or unplanned. Um, and so it was like, Jacqueline was really obviously the, the right choice, but it's not a matter of if it was a matter of when. And so when we realize that she is finally going through that sliding door and she looks like she's ready to take that ownership and to take that responsibility, you know, I think I had my my moment, my epiphany, actually of all people, well, not of all people, but one of my close colleagues at Forest was Siobhan McCaffrey, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, her and I were just having a chat. She was asking about my sister in her thick, posh Irish accent of saying, she is so smart. She is so ready. She is going to really take that business to the next level, right? And so... That was really like my moment because sometimes when, you know, you're only in like that family circle, you still see your sister as just your sister. And mm-hmm. when other people are kind of, especially people that really understand the business, right? And especially Siobhan's, she only handles the premium accounts for the most part in Forest. And, for, and she has no reason to say that other than just to be authentic because we all know Siobhan will tell you exactly like it is. So that was kind of like my moment of like, okay, I thought so. But like, if she's given that check mark, and really, I never really asked for that, you know, her approval. I was like, okay, like, let's, let's really, like, really keep your mind open to it. And then I don't see my role really changing at all, right? I want to be that soundboard, I want to make her think. And, and, And like Maggie said earlier on, like, you know, when I ha- when I am that soundboard, I want no's to go along with yeses. I'm going to always push the envelope. I don't want to always mm-hmm. get a yes because I always, you know, my approach in sales is if I'm only getting yeses, then I'm not doing my job good enough. Like I need to be asking for more. I need to be pushing harder. So I, I kind of take that same approach with them because when you kind of have – when you have those meetings – for your business, it's like, it's not family time, right? You're going to have disagreements. You're going to, you know, you're going to have some disruptions, but then can you walk out of that meeting being a family again? And I think that's what we've evolved into of we're able to do that. We've learned how to have respect for each other. That's for, for sure. And we've never, we've never had that. And so hearing that about Siobhan made me cry, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the salon, obviously, like I said earlier, like it's been massively successful, still is today. What do you think has been the key to the success of the salon? And what do you think needs to be, ha- like needs to happen or keep happening for it to remain as successful and then go beyond? Culture. Every day working on our culture and our beliefs, 
on why we do what we do. Mm. And I'm not talking about talking about it once in a while. I'm talking about it, talking about it and and demonstrating it every single day. And that's where she comes in because it's how she wore, how she dresses, how she does her hair, how she speaks to her guest, how she does her job, how she can still keep her guests engaged and walk away for a second to go help somebody. Mm-hmm. And they know she knows, you know, they know she's the educator. Her guests are okay. They embrace that, right? Because they know she's teaching. Um, but this is something that if I don't remind them all the time, it loses its strength. And I know for a fact, and I've heard this over and over again, if you don't build your culture, someone else will build it for you. Mm -hmm. And it may not be exactly what you want to see or hear. So um, it is a challenge. I mean, but I believe that is the number one. And secondly, I would say embrace change. Like be open-minded to change the way you do things. I told him the other day, if you are doing hair the way you did it 10 years ago, you're in trouble. Five years ago, you're in trouble. Even how you did it last year, you're in trouble. So how do you change that is education. You've got to get out there. You have to, you know, to understand that we bring education to your doorstep for a reason. Mm-hmm. So they're very, you know, very protective our our core beliefs that, that's that's to me that's the answer and Jacqueline gets it and I see that she gets it and you know it's great to feel like wow we're at a different level now that we were before imagine having to do this with a teenager yeah I mean different different ball game yeah. altogether. <laughs> <laughs> and then marriage, yeah. and then a baby, and then da, 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 da. I mean, yeah. So I'm like so proud of what she's done because mm-hmm. it wasn't easy. And remember, she was Maggie's daughter. So they would look at everything she did. And yeah. she would come to me. I said, Jacqueline, you are under a microscope. They are going to watch everything you do and everything you say. And so I think. I they know still that. do. Yeah. They still do. That beat up time, that's when she grew. That's yeah. when she grew. And she knew that if I'm going to do this, I have to get respected by all my people and I have to respect them as well. Mm-hmm. So, right? Yeah, that that plays a big role into what I said, how you wanted to leave me set up for success. I had to go through all of those growing pains and battle wounds and and there was yeah. many many I'm sure many. I'm sure yeah and there's probably going to be many to come still sure, too you know for sure because this has been I mean yeah. let's see in like less than 20 days it's 20 years I've been doing hair and working for her full time as a hairstylist Mm-hmm. But here, here are the great parts about it. I'm able to travel, business or pleasure. I'm always accessible. 
Maybe. Sometimes not, but most of the time. <laughs> she can find me under a rock. I tell her that all the time. You can figure out how to get me no matter where I'm at. But um, it's given me that freedom that I work so hard to get. Yeah. And I'm still I still know that the business is running. Both businesses are open. Both businesses are being um, engaged in what our mission is, you know, is yeah. delivering great service. So I read that typically the planning process should start anywhere between three and five years prior to when you want to leave. Oh. That's like that's the minimum. Where do you need to start when it comes to preparing such a transition? Like what's been your experience in that regard? Any key necessary steps or things to consider for you guys? Well, I think financially you have to show that you're successful, you have a profitable business. So we've been really, you know, focusing on that. Um, salon business is tough because how do you evaluate a business that you don't own the people? So what do I own? I own my name, my reputation, um, the actual place where it's at. I don't own the real estate, but I own the the lease or whatever. I mean, it, it is a very, com it's very deep to go into evaluating a salon. So because I don't really have to put a number on the price and it's going to be pretty much, I mean, if I die tomorrow, it's going to be split, right? Yeah. And that's how it is. But if I stay around and I walk away, I need to have a retirement from the business. So the business has to stay pretty profitable in order for me to do that. Um, I would say to someone that doesn't have a family member uh, involved is to work really hard to get into a profitable uh, place. Believe it or not, not all salons are profitable. Most aren't. So, um, and find yourself a really good accountant that leads you because you see, they, they will help with a sale. I've been told this, you know, um, they will help you by giving, uh, the potential buyer, what is, what have you done in the past five years? Of course, now with COVID, we're a little, you know, 2020 kind of broke, that, but we're, we're growing every day. So um, I would say at least five years, start planning to do the exit. I have seen a lot of people sell their business within, within, within their team, which I think that's a good way. If you bring in somebody that works with the team already and they, you know, they have, um, they trust. Yeah. That's a big word, big word. Are you going to trust a new owner? Are they going to switch a lot of things? I've seen it happen where you can't pull a fast one on stylus. Mm -hmm. It does not work well. <laughs> you have to do yeah. it and you have to explain the process and why and make them be part of the decision. Not, not as who you're going to sell it to, yeah. but how are we going to do this? How are you going to get someone else to be in my place. With us, it's a little bit easier because they're used to having Jacqueline there. They're, they're there, they're, they're seeing her every day. And I think that they have developed a huge um, respect for her, which I'm happy about. But yeah, I mean, 
I was one that just didn't want to think about it. When you love what you do, it's hard to give it up. Of course. And like I said in the intro, you know, it makes sense as to why the idea of letting go would bring up resistance. Joe, from your perspective now, like coming from a strong sales background, do you feel like there's anything else that needs to happen? Would you have anything to add to what Maggie said? No, I, I mean, to be honest with you, I think it's flowing quite, quite nicely, right? Because it's almost like, it's almost like a flywheel, right? Like it's just slowly but surely like the business is going and, and, you know, Jacqueline's taking more responsibility and Maggie's slowly stepping away. And and that's kind of like how it's really flowing, and it just seems to work. And like almost like before, everybody recognizes it, it'll be like, oh, you know, Jacqueline's basically fully in charge. Mm. And so it's been that kind of like that. It's almost been like that easy cycle, um, you know. And if there's anything that we had to sidestep, that there was any issues. Because look, I can speak from experience. The biggest challenge that you have is nepotism, right? It's like, oh, she's only here because she's Maggie's daughter, right? right? And I kind of, I mean, I still to this day go to shows no matter how, how many levels I'm climbing in forest. I'm still Maggie's son. It doesn't matter what I can, what I do. I mean, it doesn't matter. One day it will be, oh, you're Jacqueline's brother. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I mean, I, I can't can wait. sell the biggest salons. It doesn't matter. I could build the biggest relationship with brands. 90% of the time I'm Maggie's son. Doesn't matter. Listen, I'm you still know. Maggie's daughter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's so, something you have in common then. <laughs> so, so, but, but anyway, so like coming back to it, I think that how they're, how everything is really transitioning is just well-timed, taking it slow. And then like, before you know it, you know, like the Maggie's responsibility in day to day and whatever she's kind of overseeing. Cause like you said, it is the baby that you're grooming. It's like, Oh wait, Maggie is gone and oh yeah, Jackie is the boss and like we never even, it just kind of happened organically and it just went with the flow, right? And so then that transition happens there. I still kind of act as that soundboard and, you know, and kind of like on to third generation, right? Like now Jackie's going to take the reins for God knows how many years and, you know, maybe it's, you know, it's Bella, it's her daughter, or, you know, hell, maybe it's, you know, one of my boys that get into the industry. You just, you never know. Yeah. yeah. And, and hopefully we keep it that way. So, you know, and it's, it's more to me, it was like, I, I wrote down, you know, to me, it's more about legacy, right? It's like, are we creating our own legacy and whether it's the Maggie brand or DeFalco name or the Gonzalez name, whatever it might be that we keep, um, that we keep building because to me, it's, it's that's just something that you 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 wear on your sleeve. You wear on your sleeve and you wear it with pride, right? And I think that's something that's so unique about family businesses in particular, right? Like it's that like pride, that that energy comes across and is visible throughout any and all touch points of the company culture. And I think that goes back to what I was saying in the intro, you know, like the as to why the idea of letting go can bring up resistance and fear, all that kind of stuff, right? Like so uh, as we slowly wrap up on a scale of 1 to 10, Maggie, Keeping all that in mind, how, how business ready do you feel like you are to exit and how emotionally ready do you feel you are? The first question, an eight. The second question, a six. 
very much towards the higher end of the scale. Like, did you expect those answers? Jacqueline, Joe, would you have been able to guess? Higher than I thought. <laughs> yeah, what would you, what would you have thought? Zero? Oh, God, I thought it was going to be zero. No. <laughs> Emotionally, no, no way. No, trust me, I, I'm high. tired. I, you know, mm. I, I have a lot, a lot of years under my belt and a lot of work and a lot of stress, lots. And I, I yeah, I, I need to rest. I need to enjoy whatever years I have left to be able to travel, to be able to, I don't think I'm going to go in today and I stay home and I read a book yeah. or I sit out by the pool and, you know, play with the dogs. I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to get on a plane and go see my grandsons. My, my, one of my grandsons about five years ago, he was about four, I think. And he said, why do you have to go back to Florida? I said, because <laughs> that's where I work. He said, well, my other grandmother, she'll give you a job. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> 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 it was so cute because he just had it all figured out why I could just move yeah. to Raleigh, you know. But uh, that's my that's my goal is to be able to spend um, a month at a time here and there and not have to worry that I have to get back to work. So, Well, listen, folks, speaking of work, before I let you go back to your busy days and schedule, I have to say I, I feel very privileged to have been able yeah. to have this conversation with you guys about this process that honestly, I feel like most times happens behind closed doors. Um, discussing this on Forced FM to me says a lot about your character and your kindness, but it also shows how much respect you have for one another. I have one last question, but it's an easy one. Where can people find you online if they want to reach out and ask some questions? Maggie at MaggieSalon.com or my Instagram by Jackie underscore G um, or the salon Instagram, Maggie the Salon. Amazing. As usual, I'll have everything in the show notes. Once again, Maggie, Jacqueline, Joe, thank you so much for your time. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to all three of you. And I hope we get to do this another time soon. Thank you. Thank we you so much. Too. Zoe, it's a pleasure. You're amazing. Amazing. Made that conversation go so smooth. So appreciated. Pleasure's all mine. If, like Maggie, you've spent years building your salon or spa, have you taken some time to consider what will happen to it when you retire or want more time to yourself outside of the business? Creating an exit plan doesn't mean you're going to be letting go of the business entirely from one day to the next. Most exits take years. But there are things that you can start with if you're headed down that road, like finding a new role within the business where you can still add value but start transitioning some of your ownership responsibilities, where you eventually become more of a stakeholder or a mentor to the people and management within your team, letting you redirect some of your energy towards other passions and projects should you want to do that. Whatever you do, experts recommend that founders start planning their exit strategy even if they're not leaving anytime soon, and treat that plan as a living document. And if you're not sure where to start or find it too overwhelming, then don't hesitate to ask for help from specialists or advisors in the matter. Thanks for listening to Forest FM. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. As always, you can head over to forest.com forward slash FM to catch all the latest from the show and check out the links and resources mentioned throughout the episode. And if you've got any feedback, be sure to let us know. Send us an email at forestfm at forest.com.
Brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Forest FM episodes air weekly, sharing inspiring stories from the salon floor and amplifying community voices all over the globe. In your salon, we're at the heart of it. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting edge post production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments.